to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Friday. Good evening. Welcome to Red Friday on North Sound 1. We started last week by saying it's goals that the Dons need. Two games later, a club record of six matches without a goal and the story is the same. A better showing against Celtic in midweek has given the fans some hope and assistant boss Tony Doherty says that his side are ready for the visit of Kilmarnock tomorrow. Same as every game we're going to. Of course, we set up our team and we get look at the opposition, analyse them, look at our strengths and, and try and win a game. So it's, there's nothing different there. But at home, you know, which is a, which is pleasing. So, yeah, it's a game like every game. We look to go and win. We'll set up to win that. We'll train the boys accordingly, and we'll we'll do all we can to get a three points. Every game's a pressure, particularly at a club like Aberdeen. There's always there's always going to be pressure on the result, you know. So, yeah, more so when you're at home. But I wouldn't I wouldn't look at previous games. If you did actually look at previous games, I, I think there's a real good mood about the camp now because of the level of performance that we put in against Celtic. So that gives us great confidence going into this game rather than. A feeling of pressure so no I'm like every game we, we prepare to win and we'll do the same for tomorrow North Sound 1 Red Friday Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. Andrew, a better showing against Celtic, but let's start with last week's 0-0 with St Mirren at Pataudry and tomorrow at home has to be better. Yeah, um, the weather conditions hopefully won't be as bitterly cold or as blustery as they were last weekend. Um, it was It was a pretty... Poor performance, there's no getting away from it. Uh, not too much created in front of goal. Plenty of effort, but um, very little in the way of inspiration. So uh, certainly better on, on Wednesday after the first half hour of the game against Celtic. But of course, Celtic having scored, um, you know, it meant Aberdeen had to hit the back of the net to take something. They didn't manage to do it. It wasn't for the lack of trying. Uh, Alan Muir is the only person at Celtic Park who could uh, explain why he didn't give up penalty, it looked as clear as day to everybody there uh, Florian Camberry's shot, it hits the post, comes out when things are going your way, these shots hit the inside of the posts and ricochet in or hit the back of the goalies, it comes back out and rebound into the back of the net but there was there was much more uh, good football I thought from Aberdeen, particularly second half lots of pressure without seriously testing Scott Bain, I can only really recall um, a, F- a Fraser Hornby shot that he had to save in the second half but you know Aberdeen forced six corners in that second period, mm-hmm. Celtic didn't have any uh, and it, Unfortunately, the the main plaudits were going to the back division because they kept Odson Edward so quiet that he was substituted. In the middle of the park, we more than matched Celtic from the half-hour mark onwards. The first half-hour was totally dominated by Celtic. There's yeah. no getting away from it. Um, Dave actually texted me 16 minutes after the first whistle and said, this is going to be a long night. And I could only agree with what I'd seen at that point. But, um, you know... There were some positives that you could take forward into tomorrow, but they don't count for anything unless we get a result tomorrow. And it doesn't matter how we find the back of the net, we've just got to. Yeah, uh, and it is fine margins as it always is, but you talk about those two chances there, one of them being the penalty that should have been, and then the other one being uh, Florian Camberry hitting the post. Had those 
being converted into goals you're talking about a win potentially for Aberdeen certainly after that first half hour weathering the storm and then suddenly it's back to people talking about Celtic's poor form and people saying what a great result for the Dons and it really is as tight as that Yeah it is and uh, when your luck's out your luck's out and uh, you know it's over the last six games there's been so many instances of <laughs> so you know the post the bar the ball was it over the line was it not and uh, yeah if, uh, if that penalty had been given the whole dynamic of the game totally changes and uh, Aberdeen were right up for it in that second half and uh, with the addition of a goal at that point when it wasn't given, I think that would have made the difference. Yeah, and I think you mentioned before we came on, Andrew, about the defensive record recently for the Dons. It's been very good and clean sheets have been good too. Of course, that matters not if you're not scoring goals, but it's still interesting to note. It gives you a base, at least, that you can you can build on. It's different if you're not scoring goals and you're shipping goals at an alarming rate at the other end, but we've had 16 clean sheets in 34 games, 14 and 29 in the league. You compare that with Kilmarnock, who have had seven clean sheets in 33 games. Uh, Kilmarnock travel north tomorrow with an even worse record than Aberdeen. They're currently enduring um, seven straight defeats. 12 defeats in their last 15 games only two goals scored and that was the two that they scored in the first half of their game against uh, St Johnston in that run of seven games uh, when of course from 2-0 up they ended up losing Mm. 3-2 the new manager bounce with Tommy Wright coming in hasn't happened as yet Um, Aberdeen obviously have this unwanted new record of 553 goalless minutes Uh, but it doesn't alter the fact that you expect to see goal action of some sort tomorrow. I yeah. can't see it being a nothing each uh, because Kilmarnock don't have the greatest of defences. Aberdeen are solid defensively. Kilmarnock are a bit shot shy. Aberdeen are possibly even more shot shy than Kilmarnock. But I do get. I've, I've took a, a bit of heart from what I saw in the second half, particularly down there at Celtic Park, that suggests to me that something's going to click. And what I've liked in the last couple of games has been the performance of Florian Camberry. Uh, from not having played very much football at all, I was surprised last Saturday that he managed to get a full 90 minutes. And you saw on Wednesday night, he's a difficult customer to deal with. He's very bright, very sharp on Physical the ball. as well. He is, yeah. He holds the ball in nicely. Um, And once he gets an understanding going with Fraser Hornby and with Lewis Ferguson, Ross McCrory, attacking midfielders coming up to support him, I think there are... There's hope for the future for Aberdeen. Yeah, I know, Dave, obviously Fraser Hornby's still finding his fitness, first of all, but do you think he's still also finding football at this level? Because it is different, isn't it, to be playing week in, week out? The Scotland under-21s was the summit of his uh, career so far. and uh, But there was, again, signs in that second half of Hornby and Camberry linking up. Yeah. And uh, Flo Camberry, also what I like about him is he's not afraid to take a shot. And the manager will be pleased about that because that's been it's a failing this useful. season, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, Hornby looked more... You know the benefit of the games he's had so far, and that can only get better. So I think the, the pair of them will dovetail quite well together. Yeah, well, it is uh, as we always say a big game tomorrow for the Dons, but particularly from a goal-scoring point of view. Uh, Wednesday, those signs of improvement. Let's get the thoughts of our fan reporter Graham Watt on that performance against Celtic. Yeah, Mike, there certainly was signs of encouragement on Wednesday. Um, I didn't feel that Celtic were at all the team that we've played in in the past. I, th- I thought that they were there to be got at. Um, first 30 minutes or so, we sat off them. 
Uh, the goal epitomises that. It was very poor from our point of view. Um, he gets to run the length of his half and then knock it inside and then it's a goal. And all our players are just sitting in front of him, good five, six yards off of him for the strike. Um, I thought after that, we came into the game, we were bright. I thought Dean Campbell played very well. Um, I was impressed with him. Uh, also, Flo Camberry, I thought he was a bright spark. He wanted to get the ball, he wanted to run at them. Celtic didn't like that. Um, he was unlucky with the one off the post. I think on, on Saturday, he will be the one that will possibly get us that goal and, you know, give us something, just that little extra, and hopefully we can get the win tomorrow. Yeah, interesting, Graham, as well there, Andrew, picking out Florian Camberry as the player that might be the one to get the goal tomorrow that kind of sparks things again. And it may be getting the goal in the sense of creating something or taking players out of space for someone else to run in because he's that kind of player that it could come from that sort of situation. Yeah, from what I've seen so far, he looks a team player. Uh, and as you say, he'll he'll do the hard graft to create space for others to, to move into. Uh, it's, it's all about getting an understanding between the players and... I think we saw that last Saturday uh, when Camberry made his debut that really for the first 20 minutes or so he wasn't sure where his, his teammates were um, you know what runs that they were making and when I spoke to him after the game he said yeah um, it was very difficult he said I had one training session before playing and you can't develop an understanding over the, the period of one training session he's had more he's had two ninety minutes under his belt and uh, as I say he, he looks a, a really good signing and I think at times the the sort of accusation was levelled against him that he didn't look interested when he played for Hibs. Um, we don't know what was going through his head on or off the park back then, but certainly from what I've seen, Dave, I mean, he, he looks very focused on, on what he's trying to do at Aberdeen. Yeah, he does. I mean, the good thing is he does know Scottish football in the uh, in the Premiership uh, very well indeed. And uh, yeah, I think early signs are so encouraging. Um, Graham, when he was talking, they mentioned the goal. We should have meant it was a dreadful one to lose, wasn't it? it? Was because McGregor goal. was yes. just given acres of space and Turnbull, everybody just stood off and allowed him to it's, pick it's, the shot. Which was a great yeah. finish, but great finish. But it's Celtic, Andrew, isn't it? And the, th- the thing is, any of those players, Ryan Christie or or uh, uh, McGregor or, or anyone, or even Turnbull, who scored the goal, you, you can't give them space. No, you can't. I mean, uh, you could probably give Albion a Yeti the whole pitch, and he wouldn't do anything. <laughs> he was totally anonymous in the game Um, it was unfortunate Uh, it was annoying actually that that type of goal was scored against us because from that point on we didn't give the Celtic attack any space whatsoever I mean Edward went into that game absolutely flying because he'd scored two goals against St Johnston Mm. he seemed to have his mojo back once again and you were thinking if he really gets going we're going to struggle here but to be honest Tommy Hoban Ash Taylor in particular and Andy Considine defended brilliantly and not only did they defend well but they used the ball well from the back which was even more pleasing and I think Graham mentioned there, uh, Dean Campbell. Uh, that was a very assured performance from a 19-year-old. And that's the thing we've got to f- remember about Dean. He's still only 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's alongside Lewis Ferguson and Ross McCrory, none of whom are over the age of 23. Uh, so it is a young midfield. They don't have a lot of experience of playing at that level. But uh, 
No, I, th- I think what you'd like to see tomorrow, ideally, is one of your strikers scoring because it's been a long time since any of them have hit the back of the net. Ten games since Callum Henry scored, 11 since Fraser Hornby, and 15 games since Flo Camberry have scored yeah. goals. And we've seen it with Bruce Anderson down at Hamilton. Once you get one, they're like buses, they start coming along. And I thought Bruce's goal on Wednesday night epitomised the difference between the fortune going for him and for Aberdeen strikers because that was a shot that was a comfortable save for uh, Jack Anik until it hits Joe Shocknessy and flies into the opposite corner. That's what we're looking for tomorrow. But as Dave said rightly, you've got to have shots. And that's one of the encouraging things about uh, Flo Camberry. He will shoot from 25, 30 yards. And if it flies in off somebody's knee, off somebody's elbow, off whatever part of their anatomy and finds the back of the net, who cares as long as we hit the back of the net? Yeah, but I I suppose from a fan's perspective, Bruce Anderson scoring goals, it's sort of an extra sort of... uh uh, mark in the in the whole sort of disappointment of the recent run and he, there were some interesting comments from Bruce Anderson today saying that he feels for the first time in a long time he feels wanted um, do you think that's just a comment that he's getting a run in the team or is there more to it? No I think it's just a comment he's getting a, a run in the team because I think he was basically referring to his period at Air United where it didn't go according to plan and as the manager when he was asked about that quite rightly said you know they're delighted for Bruce they want their players when they're out on loan obviously to do well and come back better players so mm-hmm. no knowing Bruce I don't think it was anything untoward with that comment and you th- you have to sort of in this situation for Derek McInnes it's it's a no-win situation because he goes out on loan he scores goals that's what you want your loan players to do he's doing exactly that and he must be delighted as he said he was on Wednesday after the game against Celtic but from you can understand as well from a fan perspective and I think he himself Derek McInnes said he could understand too that it's frustrating when you're not scoring and you've got a player on your your books who's away elsewhere getting the goals yeah um you know, I, I think people tend to forget that there was that long period uh, where he was at Air United. He scored two goals in his first League Cup tie uh, at Albion Rovers and then didn't hit the back of the net again until he got his first goal for Hamilton yeah. at Motherwell last week. So it's not like he's been scoring goals uh, all the way through. And he has uh, had and, chances. He's, been he's, in he's there had this, chances. This I mean, he, he had a glorious chance against Livingston, if you remember, yeah. late on yeah. down at the Tony Macaroni. Yeah. Um, Bruce is a goal scorer. Um, he's, he's the type of player that doesn't go all that many games without at least working on a goalkeeper or creating a chance for himself. But he still lacks experience at the top level. I'm delighted that he is scoring goals because he'll come back a more rounded player and next season... Let's hope that um, you know Aberdeen uh, can benefit from the the talents that he's got. Yeah, it's Aberdeen Kilmarnock tomorrow. It's the three o'clock kickoff at Petodre, and we're going to hear from Don's midfielder Ross McCrory in just a moment. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Don's North Sound One Red Friday. It's Aberdeen against Kilmarnock tomorrow and Aberdeen midfielder Ross McCrory is a player who is used to battling, getting stuck in and he says tomorrow will be no different. For me personally, I take every uh, game at a cup final. Um, I was always top of Scott game. I wanted to take every game personal. Um, when I was away with, uh, growing up as a, a youngster with, with uh, the 21s and uh, all the age groups, um, I, think, uh, I think all the boys are, are taking every game personal. Um, I think that's why, uh, I think that's, that's the only way you can take as a footballer. Um, and obviously you've got every game you treat every game as a big game but 
Yeah, this is the business end of the season. We all know that, and uh, we need to pick up pick up results and uh, hopefully get as, um, as successful as we can and accumulate as many points as we can and see where we end up at the end of the season. McCrory's also aware that the fans aren't happy with the recent run of form, but says he's ready to show why Derek McInnes signed him. I think it's a challenge. To be fair, um, I love it whenever the uh, the outside noise is probably kind of against you. If you um, it makes the team closer as well. Um, whenever these are obviously we can take the criticism whenever these are talking about us obviously in this run we're on I think as a team we can take it as a challenge we can step up for it um, it will show the characters within the squad and I'm, I'm pretty sure we've got them and we've got big players here um, and as a team it's, uh, it's up to us to try and rectify the, the previous mistakes we've made and, and try and come out and, and now obviously for Saturday try and come out and, and be the best we can and um, Look, it's a, we know it's a, a bad, bad, set, uh, bad few games with results-wise, but it's, it, it happens, and, and now we just got to go and try and rectify it at the weekend. North Sound One Red Friday. Yeah, Dave, you want players who have belief, self-belief. They they know what they're doing. They, they can work for the team. They battle hard. And from one of the big positives of the Don squad right now is you've got Lewis Ferguson and you've got Ross McCrory in the middle. Yeah, and uh, both very, very important players for Aberdeen. And I think the fact that uh, Ross is now a full-time Aberdeen player, not lo- on loan uh, from Rangers, will can only benefit everybody. And uh, no, they're, they're two very exciting midfielders and with Dean Campbell able to play in that central role as well um, it, it is encouraging and uh, he speaks very well Ross he's a confident young lad and uh, yeah uh, tomorrow we see it, we've been seeing it every week but t- <laughs> tomorrow we must stop the rot and get three points on the board yeah and Kilmarnock it's a different kind of challenge again because you talked about how good the defence were on Wednesday, uh, certainly once things settled down, once that goal had gone in, weirdly enough, um, things were a lot more settled. But you've got a different challenge because you don't see Kilmarnock pressing in the same way. You don't see them having the same amount of chances, certainly not in the first half an hour like Celtic did. So is it more about concentration, keeping switched on for the 90 minutes? Because that is going to be the test for the defence, isn't it? It is, because you would expect Aberdeen to have more of the ball and be attacking more than Kilmarnock it will be but you always have to be aware of uh, you know Nicky Kabamba up front has caused Aberdeen problems in the past Greg Kilty playing up front Rory McKenzie Chris Burke was on the bench last week um, but you know he, despite his advancing years he's still an important cog in the Kilmarnock wheel uh, so you've, you've got to be wary at the back you can't just go gung-ho tomorrow no. from, from the first, first whistle with the, the bugles blowing and everybody piling forward uh, it's got to be a, a measured approach but you want to be ideally you want to get an early goal and that'll settle everything down I'm quite sure that once we get one we'll get goals coming along at fairly regular intervals uh, intervals. Um, but uh, no patience has got to be the key tomorrow as well you can't as I say just go charging forward and leave it open at the back because Kilmarnock despite the fact that I mentioned they haven't kept that many clean sheets they're on this dreadful run of form if they get their noses in front they will as any Tommy Wright side will do they will you know They'll circle the wagons and Mm -hmm. they'll make it extremely difficult for Aberdeen. And the more frustrated Aberdeen get, the happier Kilmarnock will be. But, um, no, if... 
I'd love to see an, a goal in the opening 10 minutes of the game for Aberdeen as I say just to, to calm the nerves sort of ease the, the pressure that's been building and it has been building there's no getting away from it um, everybody at Pataudry is very well aware of it but if you can just you know open that release valve then I think we can see the, the proper Aberdeen coming out because at the moment they're showing it in little patches you'd like to see it in much more of a game maybe for 70-80 minutes of a game you won't totally dominate a game for the full 90 minutes but if you can get on top of your opposition and if you do get on top you know don't let them get get an avenue back in and as you say that's when the defence has got to maintain its concentration Yeah we talked last week about the rebuilding job that Derek McInnes has to do every season but you feel that this Kilmarnock team is heading towards another big rebuild Steve Clark obviously had them playing that way for, for a long time and Alex Dyer kind of tried to continue that we've seen cracks in the way that they've played uh, this season and Tommy Wright he's similar in his approach he's going to build from the back he's going to try and, and sort of hit teams on the counter get the early goal if he can and then shut up shop you feel uh, but it is it's, it feels like he's got a big job in his hands yeah I think you're right uh, Mike uh, I mean the Alex Dyer era I mean the Eamon Brophy transfer a case in point there was far more to that than meets the eye and I think Andrew and I are both certainly delighted that Eamon Rofi is not a fit Kilmarnock player because he's been a thorn in our side plenty of times in the past. Uh, the the game that we've mentioned earlier that finished Alex Dyer's uh, stewardship with the 2-0 mm. two, up against St Johnson and uh, losing that one. They're, they have problems, as we were talking off air, Andrew's mentioning the likes of Kirk Broadfoot, Stuart Finlay, mm. who were staples of the, the previous regime, no longer... Uh, involved and uh, Finlay looks though he's good and when was an international player not that long ago last year I think yeah, it was yeah. you know I looks mean, though he's on his way to the MLS so yeah. uh, you know all all is is obviously not well and Tommy Wright does have a job in his hands a job that I think he'll be more than capable of doing mm. but uh, I think it'll be the summer transfer window before he can start yeah, putting his own you're, you're looking at he's only got nine games between now and the end of the well, season I mean they're only a point off the bottom yeah, so exactly. they're going to have to start winning and, games and they've played more games than uh, Ross County and Hamilton who are just just behind them so mm-hmm. if they don't get get a few three pointers on the board they are going to really struggle and it's it's like just now for the Dons we're in a yeah. rut we can't seem to get out of that rut but the Kilmarnock rut is even more serious than the one that Aberdeen are in. that's why it's so important not to let Kilmarnock get the initiative and get a goal because yeah. that would be just a, a really really difficult place to get out of I know it's not impossible but uh, no. you don't want to give them anything at all tomorrow well Kilmarnock do set point off the bottom of the Premiership a new boss Tommy Wright said this week that he's seen positives in his squad he also spoke highly of Don's boss Derek McInnes and reckons it won't be long until Aberdeen are back on track you know I think Derek's done a tremendous job up there him and Tony they're always um, in the firing line because of the expectations level which they have created with the success that they've had and it can happen to any team Let's hope it continues again for another game. But they've got good players. They recruited well in the, in the window. Canberra will give them an edge. You know, uh, Hornby you know, looks as if he is someone that will be a threat. And I obviously know Callum Henry. But if you look at the quality throughout the squad with Ferguson, you know, he is Kennedy. You know, and they're strong at the back. They've, they've got a really good squad of players. And yeah, irrespective of the fact that they haven't scored, 
you know, they'll certainly be the favourites for the game. But we go there believing that we can make it more difficult for them and create more difficulties for them and, and try and get the three points. Yeah, you, you've you, you've got to say, Andrew, that um, from a Tommy Wright perspective, he mentioned there that he hopes it doesn't start tomorrow, the revival of, of Aberdeen, which you've, you would expect. But being the underdogs is going to suit Tommy Wright and his team. Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's done a great job in talking up Aberdeen there <laughs> and saying how Aberdeen are going to be favourites and all the rest. Uh, I think behind the, the dressing room door, it'll be a slightly different message. It'll be going so. out. It'll be... <laughs> These boys think that they're better than us. Yeah. Go out there and show that they're not. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's right. He doesn't want the Aberdeen revival, which everybody expects to happen because, you know, Aberdeen are not a bad side. The, the players that are at Petordi don't become bad players overnight. Um, it just takes a wee rub of the green, something to fall your way, and all of a sudden you're, you're back into the old groove again and uh, you just hope that it, it comes tomorrow but it will take a lot of hard work and as you said concentration is going to be very important in all areas of the pitch um, Kilmarnock will miss Alan Power um, who is completing a two game ban for a dozen bookings uh, that kind of tells a, a story doesn't it that you know Alan Power has picked up 12 yellow cards He's known as uh, Alan pa Power yellow card these days because well, he um, does it is almost every time you see him play He and Ian Vigers are, are the serial bookings merchants they've taken over from Darian McKinnon <laughs> used to be at Hamilton Ackies <laughs> and Shinny of course yeah. yes um, but uh, they will miss Power because he's an integral part of their midfield mm. Gary Dicker's just come back from injury um, that was the fulcrum around an awful lot of Kilmarnock's success and they've been split up this season and it's it's no coincidence that um, Kilmarnock haven't enjoyed the same fortunes when these two players haven't been together but uh, no, I, th I think we've, we've got to concentrate in the Aberdeen team um, Johnny Hayes, it does sound like he might miss out but we've heard that before um, but being a hamstring injury you can't risk it because um, I think possibly the Greg Lee scenario was, was a case in point where Greg himself probably thought the hamstring's fine mm. and then five minutes in the game at Hibs uh, he's got a four centimetre tear and that's him out for the rest of the season you don't want to risk that with Johnny Hayes Matty Kennedy struggled um, for a, a good period of that game against Celtic but he's, he's the type of player who doesn't allow that to, to dent his confidence he's playing against his, one of his former clubs he'll be desperate to do well tomorrow Conor McLennan played really well when he came on at Celtic Park I can see him starting again uh, and that midfield three that we talked about, McCrory, Ferguson and Campbell, they could be very instrumental in, in supplying the ammunition that we'll hope gets put in front of Camberry and Hornby, who I think will start up, to, up yeah, top. I thought to Conor McLean, if he can continue the quality of delivery that he displayed on Wednesday, that because that's what's been lacking all too often. You know, the strikers, if they don't get any service, they're not going to score, are they? No, well, that's it. And, and, and I think that is one of the things, uh, Dave, as well, just with... Ryan Hedges' injury and Scott Wright being away, it's something that I guess will be very much at the forefront of Derek McInnes' thoughts is that creativity and Johnny Hayes is a miss. If he, if he doesn't play, he is a, a big miss, although Johnny, I, I think by his own admission, he would agree he hasn't been firing in all cylinders in, mm -hmm. in recent weeks, but undoubtedly he, he, will, he will be missed. Got but we've got quality there to come in. Uh, I, I think 
my clip, I might be totally wrong, but I think Connor <laughs> will start tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get the thoughts on the game tomorrow from our fan reporter, Graham Watts. Yeah, another tough game, Mike. Come on, it won't make it easy. Um, hopefully, we can get a goal, get three points, hopefully. Um, we're hoping for not another draw or a defeat. Um, just, we need something. Just anything to fall for us. Just a scrappy goal. An own goal will do. I don't care who scores it. Just give us a goal. Um, I think Flo Cambari will be the bright spark again. He he was very creative on Wednesday night. Um, I don't know. If you're Kilmarnock, do you come here? Do you attack Aberdeen? Or do you sit in and try and play for, you know, play on the break? But if I was Kilmarnock, I would say come out and have a goal, which probably will suit Aberdeen more than Kilmarnock just sitting in. But you never know, Mike. Hopefully, as I say, there's a, there's a goal in the game. Hopefully a few goals. You think once we get one, maybe we'll get a few, but you never know. Um, another weekend that we... Hopefully, next week we're talking of some goals and a win. But we'll see, Mike. Yeah, I mean, if you became a Dons fan and you started watching Aberdeen for the first time four weeks ago, Andrew, or you listened to Red Saturday on North Sound 1, you think, well, what's the point in this football show? They never play the goal flash announcement because there's never <laughs> any goals. Yeah, um, it's, it has been pretty horrendous on that front recently. I think we've got to try and ban the word hopefully from this programme because uh, everything is hopefully we get a result, hopefully we get a goal. Um, instead of going in, yeah, we're going to score tomorrow, of course we're going to win. But um, Well, tellingly, uh, there, uh, Graham didn't actually give us his prediction, which no, he you hasn't might have done for the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. uh, having uh, got them spot on a couple of times. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't go the way that we wanted. But you know, th- this goal drought—it's um, now extended to 553 minutes. Um, you know, knocking the 535-minute drought of 1973 out of the record books. It was interesting when I was looking back to see who was playing up front for the Dons back in the Jimmy Bonthorne era when we went these five games without scoring. Davy Robb, Scottish International. Jim Forrest, Scottish International. Drew Jarvie, a goal scorer um, who scored heaps of goals for Aberdeen. Arthur Graham, Scottish International. Pulling the strings behind him, Steve Murray, an excellent player. Joe Smith, up-and-coming, really good player. And most telling of all, Zoltan Varga. Wow. And, and yet we still couldn't score. We couldn't score against Partick Thistle, for God's sake, Dave. Yeah. Back then, that was a given that you scored <laughs> against Partick. Uh, yeah, I remember the 7-2 game at the week after Thistle had won the League Cup. I came up to watch... Uh, Aberdeen against Partick. We applauded you onto the pitch. Yeah, Willie Young scored a wonderful <laughs> own goal with Bobby Clark and <laughs> typical Bobby. Applauded uh, you off the pitch yeah, as well, but we got absolutely gobbed. Yeah, it's uh, it is. It's um, it's a long time since that record uh, was well, it was intact for a long time, Dave. And, but listening to the players that played the last time, and, and it is we talk about this a lot. But scoring goals is all about confidence, and it actually it doesn't matter unless you're Lionel Messi or you're Cristiano Ronaldo or, or Pele, pretty much everyone else. If you lose confidence, it is very, very hard until you get that goal. Yeah, and as we've said, often football, particularly now with no fans in the stadium, is so unpredictable. I mean, I watched the Antwerp Rangers game last night, two mm-hmm. sides with excellent defensive records, <laughs> and it was a goal fest. And, yeah, entertaining. You know, things can, anything can happen, and as I say, particularly now when there's just, the absence of fans has made it, Probably harder for home teams. Yeah, well, um, I think somebody produced a stat last week that there's been more points won by away teams than home teams in the no. in the Premiership this season. No, that's uh, got to be no coincidence uh, with the crowd. Absolutely. Situation. I mean, uh, if you're struggling at home, um, 
sometimes, well, it can work both ways, of course. If you're playing poorly, the crowd will get in your back and that just accentuates the difficulties that you're, you're encountering. But you usually get the but first half. Get the, the, yeah, you get the first <laughs> half. First to, 20 to try, minutes. Yeah. You're lucky. Um, I, some of the punters that used to sit in front of us in the, the main stands, you got 10 minutes yeah. if you were lucky. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. generally, if you go behind, the crowd will, will lift the team. And yeah. if you equalise quickly, all of a sudden the pressure's all on the away team. But when there's no crowds in there, it is that bit harder. And I know that you hear coaches and players all saying, yeah, but we, we you know, we, we don't listen to the crowds. Uh, we can create that atmosphere inside our heads. But subconsciously, you, you can't really do it. Mm. Not to the same extent. Yeah. Uh, Graham's just texted me uh, to say 3 0 Aberdeen tomorrow. So there we go. Oh, so bold. Uh, so you, you did say he's got a good record, Andrew. So hopefully yeah. that continues tomorrow. So, uh, yes, I see some conferring going on. Oh. Speaking of conferring, we're about, in just a few minutes, we'll be doing Beat the Pundit. And I suspect this is to do with predictions. Yeah. Uh, so we'll come on to that in a minute. And uh, we've got more on the game tomorrow. It is Aberdeen against Kilmarnock at Pataudry. More next. You're listening to Red Friday on North Sound 1. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Andrew Shiny and Dave McDermott. And uh, just over the last day or so, Florian Camberry uh, was uh, talking about how he was subject to online abuse this week. Here's assistant manager Tony Doherty. It's just totally unacceptable. At every level, it's totally unacceptable. But from a personal point of view, dealing with Flo, I know the type of character he is and I don't think it'll affect him. You know, I, I don't know the exact ins and outs of it, but... He's a strong personality and we'll get around him because he's our player and he's someone that since he's come in the building we've been really impressed with, not just in terms of his footballing ability, but in terms of his personality, his enthusiasm. So there won't be a problem with that, we'll make sure we get around him, he'll deal with it the way he needs to deal with it, but I need to stress again, it's it's just totally unacceptable. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yeah, Dave, we're not, we're, we're not going to dwell on it for very long because I don't think it's worthy of uh, give, giving too much airtime to, but I think it is important to say that, uh, again, it's it's just the horrible side of social media when you hear stories like that. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately it's a, a situation that comes up far, far too often um, in so many walks of life and, uh, yeah, as Tony says, it's just completely unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, also, um, this week, Andrew, interesting news regarding Ronald Hernandez. He's moved on loan to Atlanta United. It's been an unusual one, the Hernandez saga. Um, £800,000 reported fee. He's now on loan to Atlanta United, of course, with, with the link up there. That kind of makes sense. Um I don't. I don't really know where to go with the question because it's just such an unusual situation. Uh, but it's a shame because he is a player that arrived with clear quality. There's no doubt that he has quality as a player, but it just hasn't really worked for him. No, uh, he didn't get very much game time, and you know we were all excited. I think when we heard that we were getting a Venezuelan international player mm-hmm. coming uh, who'd played against the likes of Lionel Messi and um, in the international stage, but for whatever reason it didn't work out. But you're right, it, it, it's it's one, I think, the full story will come out later. Um, perhaps if the chairman's Q&A had gone ahead this week, that would have been one of the subjects that would have come up. Come up. But uh, I sadly don't think we're going to see Ronnie Hernandez back in Scotland, far less no. playing at Pataudry. Um A shame because... Uh, 
I only met him on a couple of occasions, but he's a lad who never had a smile off his face. He, he was a, a really buoyant, um, bouncy character. Um, man of the match in the opening league game against Rangers uh, and spoke very well. Um, considering that he'd, he'd never played in Scotland before and yeah. I'm sure his command of English, I expected to be fairly limited, but spoke well. But we'll wish Ronnie every success uh, at Atlanta. Um, the fact that he's, he's back with his family yeah. uh, is a huge thing for him. Yeah, and I think that's the thing from a human element. I, I don't think it's... I think anybody can understand, given the year that it's been or the last year or so, what it must be like for him not to have seen his wife and his young family for over a year. And it must have been difficult. Yeah, I mean, moving to a new country is uh, a challenge enough without uh, landing in the, right in the middle of a pit or at the start of a pandemic. And, uh, you know, with a, a baby and a wife that you can't see for almost a year yeah. um, that has played a huge huge part in uh, in Ronald's uh, mindset as well friend. but yeah as Andrew says we wish him all the very best a really nice guy and uh, I'm sure he'll he'll go into great things and he'll of course team up with John Gallagher another former ex-Don yes, yeah. although John has moved from Atlanta oh has he um, <laughs> <laughs> so he won't <laughs> he'll play against him perhaps oh, uh, yeah so he's joined Atlanta United on loan for the new MLS season alright it's time then for Beat the Pundit and Andrew I'm going to come to you first because uh, last week it was former Don Scott Thompson wasn't it let himself down big style got beat 4-2 by Dave oh. so now the gap is, is down to 2 again 12 and a half, 10 and a half right. against you at the moment Dave feeling yeah. confident well obviously I can <laughs> I can uh, come up and uh, do the business against the ex-pros but when it comes to this, <laughs> just against you know club mascots club mascots yeah. kids <laughs> yeah. well uh, interesting one today because you're up against North Sound 1 news reporter Lewis Mickey and uh, he gave Graham his predictions yes Mike taking on Dave tonight is Lewis Mickey from North Sound News Lewis first up Saturday's games Hibs against Hamilton your score predictions for that one well, Hamilton have been in really good form. I would normally expect Hibs to win, but I think there could be a draw here, so I'm going to go for a 1-1. Motherwell versus St. Johnston. Kind of struggle to set them apart. I suppose St. Johnston have been a little bit better form, but I'm going to go for a draw here and say 1-1. St. Mirren versus Livingston. Louis have dropped off a little bit recently and St. Mirren have picked up, so it could uh, be a competitive game this one, but I think Livy are going to get back on it with a 2-1 win. And the final game on Saturday, the big one, we hope for some goals and a win. Aberdeen versus Kilmarnock. Lewis, score predictions for this one. Aberdeen, Kilmarnock. I mean, it's been awful for Aberdeen recently, but it was looking a little bit better against Celtic. If they can play that way at home against Kilmarnock, you surely think there's going to have to be some goals. I'm going to go for 2-0 Aberdeen. Moving on to Sunday, we have Rangers versus Dundee United. Score predictions for this one, Lewis. You know, I think this could be a bit of a banana skin for Rangers. They played so well in midweek with their Europa League game but picked up some injuries still have some suspensions and they'll be tired I actually think I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw and the final game of the weekend Ross County versus Celtic Lewis this one's pretty cut and dry for me Celtic starting to pick up some form they're not where they should be but they're still looking a lot better 
and will be one to secure second as early as possible. So definitely a Celtic win. It's just down to how many goals. I'm going to go with 3-0. I think that might be Lewis's uh, heart ruling his head when it came to the Rangers prediction there. But you never know. Stranger things have happened. Uh, Dave, let's get your predictions starting with tomorrow's games. Hibs against Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton have been good in the last couple of games, but I think Hibs... I hope hope Lewis gets the right result as opposed to me, but um, (laughs) because I've gone for a Hibs 2-1 win. Uh, Motherwell hosts St Johnston. I agree with Lewis, 1-1. I think St Johnston, with the cup final coming up, will be one eye on that one uh, Livingston interesting position of course because now we don't look down the way we, we always talk about that and I'm sure Derek McInnes doesn't either particularly but six points between Livingston and the Dons had it not been for that dip in form Livingston also have a, a game in hand this could have been even more uh, important but it is still one to keep an eye on and it's St Mirren against Livingston yeah and I also think Livy will have a one eye in the cup final so I'm, and St Mirren in good form at the moment I'm going for a 2-1 home win and then the bigger one it's Aberdeen Kilmarnock as with Lewis I'm going for 2-0 uh, on Sunday, Rangers, of course, that last night, uh, 4-3 win against Antwerp. Uh, unbelievable uh, amount of goals happening in about 30 minutes space there. But they're at home to Dundee United. I think Rangers have got too much strength and depth. Yes, the players that played last night will be tired, but uh, they've got plenty others that they can bring in. I'm going for a 3-0 home win. And then Ross County in Dingwall against Celtic. 0-2. OK, Andrew, let's get your thoughts on the games tomorrow outside of uh, the Aberdeen one. Um, what's the kind of ones that you've, you've got your kind of, I mean, you'll have your eye on all of them but what's the one particular that you're looking at? Well the Hibs-Hamilton one, uh, I tend to go along with Lewis, you know, I, I think there'll be goals in that game and I, uh, I can see Hamilton who are, are starting to get results, as a brilliant victory for them at, at Motherwell last week, yes they've beaten Motherwell at Fir Park on a number of occasions recently but to win 4-1 four, four mm. and I mean I was sitting socially distanced of course from Michael Devlin uh, on Saturday and I was telling him as the scores were coming through and uh, he's great mates with Stephen O'Donnell who of course was sent off mm-hmm. um, and you know he's when I, he heard that they were 3 nothing down at half time he couldn't believe it yeah. uh, not many could I mean Brian Rice himself after the game was <laughs> you know when was the last time we had four different goal scorers he says when was the last time we scored four goals in a absolutely. game absolutely um, but uh, Hamilton have got a bit of a spring in their step and Bruce Anderson is a major player uh, in that revival uh, so I think they might just sneak a draw there St Johnston I fancy to just edge out Motherwell Motherwell really struggling I mean as we've mentioned battered by Hamilton last week O'Donnell suspended yeah. Declan Gallagher hasn't trained all week he's a big miss in their defence and uh, St Johnston it's, it can go one of two ways you sort of you try and protect yourself for the cup final mm. and Callum Davidson is a shrewd enough and an experienced enough manager he'll see if anybody's holding back in anything yeah. um, or you go and you burst a gut to make sure that Callum Davidson has got to pick you for yeah, the, for I the always cup find final. that teams that Dave just quickly that, that's, that don't sort of keep the momentum going before cup finals tend to struggle in cup finals yeah and Day. Of course, uh, St Johnson sweating on Murray Davidson to be fit for the cup final, which I think he will be. But yeah, uh, yeah Andrew makes good good points there, but I'm still going to go for a draw. OK, <laughs> on Sunday, very quickly, Andrew, Rangers and Celtic in action. Uh, Dundee United for Rangers at Ibrox and Ross County at home to Celtic. Both wins for the, uh, the big two from, from Glasgow. Um, 
And the final one that we didn't mention, St Mirren Livingston. I fancy St Mirren to win that. And my prediction for well, that was my Pataudry, next question. Yes, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm sticking with the Guru Graham Watt three 0 to Aberdeen. <laughs> if, as long as we get this early goal, that I'm, I'm desperate to see. I think that can be the catalyst well, for a, a really good Aberdeen performance. Well, I, I, I was trusting everything you said until you said the Guru Graham Watt, and then suddenly <laughs> I'm questioning everything. Uh, we'll be here on North Side One, of course. Uh, Red Saturday from two o'clock, and uh, myself and Cheryl will keep you up to date with anything as it happens. It's Aberdeen against Kilmarnock. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound One, Red Friday. 